When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Well, hello there, Chris Evans here, and welcome along to this jam-packed edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky. From Virgin Radio, coming up today, the shine retiring Piers Morgan talks us through his snowflake-melting new show, Uncensored, airing daily on the new Talk TV channel. Top Gen Jack Whitehall tells us how he's getting involved in Stop Food Waste Day with some delicious cocktail recipes of all things. And the glamour Boy George telling us about three huge culture club shows taking place this summer, which you can attend and buy tickets for and the hilarious and brilliant and good and warm and lovely genius Ramesh Ranganathan takes us behind the scenes for the fourth series of Sky Max's Rob and Ramesh Versus. All of that and so much more to come. So Dapper Dade, kick us off, please do. He stormed off GMB and now he's cooking up a storm oh, with yes. a new show oh, on a new channel. <laughs> His brand new global programme, Uncensored, starts tonight at 8pm on the brand new Talk TV. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the fire-breathing arch-inquisitor looking to <laughs> melt some snowflakes. It's Piers Morgan! <laughs> Morning, Morning, Piers. So Morning. here we go. Uh, when is it? Where is it? Uh, what is it? Why is it? OK, well, the why is because the nation has been waiting for me to be back on television. <laughs> uh, where is it? It's on Talk TV, which is this brilliant new network for Talk launching tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, the Where Is It? Everywhere. You can get it on Sky, you can get it on Freeview, FreeSat, get it on the app, you can get it on YouTube. So it will be everywhere. There's no escaping me. A bit like the billboards you've been trying to avoid of me all morning. <laughs> you will not be able to escape. Well, here's the thing. I wasn't trying to avoid them. All I said was, if I wanted to, I wouldn't be able to. That's the difference. <laughs> and they, they tell a story uh, from the burbs all the way in because yeah. they're all different. I yeah. don't know if you, if you know. I, I mean, think the marketing has been brilliant, I have to say. And it's been... Um, it's great to work at this company. Uh, you know, we're now colleagues, Chris. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about um, the different tempos in your mm. career in the big top of Piers Morgan. So the first big one would that have been you editing Bizarre? Would that have been yeah, the, the first? I think one? so. Because Bizarre actually uh, still going, obviously strongly is the number one kind of showbiz column. But Bizarre was an odd training ground. It produced more editors than any column in the history of Fleet Street. Right. Uh, literally, like probably five or six people went on to become national newspaper editors, which is pretty extraordinary for what was a, a showbiz column. So I felt that it was a brilliant training ground because, uh, in a way, it's a micro paper. You were trying to find a lead story, a picture story, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bits and pieces, some fun, some serious. So it was a good training for young journalists. So, and the next one? Next one was Rupert Murdoch made me editor of the News of the World when I was 28, which was, uh, I think I was of the 110 staff, I was the third youngest member of my own staff which was a weird kind of dynamic to operate in uh, what did you learn from that i learned that i was very good at spotting talent because one of my young feature writers who was one of the only other two people younger than me was a certain rebecca brooks who now runs this company <laughs> so, so uh so that who was, was the best boss you uh, to her or she to you um, it's interesting because I, I I would say me, she would say her. Right. Uh, probably the mixture of the both is what works better, yeah. Okay. All um, right, so next one? Well, next one, I then um, went to the Daily Mirror. Yeah. Uh, ran that for nearly 10 years. I then left that in pretty dramatic circumstances over the Iraq photo scandal, as it was portrayed, which I still stand by. Uh, and then I was kind of in the wilderness. So I had that sort of weird period where I didn't know what that – I thought – I only ever wanted to be a newspaper journalist. Then I wanted to be a newspaper editor. Yes, I was the, one of the youngest ever to do it. I was also one of the youngest ever to be fired doing it. I was like, what do I do? I'm not even 40. What do I do? And my old friend Simon Cowell rode to the rescue. He came along, took me for lunch. I remember it vividly. The Belvedere restaurant in the middle of Holland Park. And he, he got a little napkin out and he said, I've just got an idea for a talent show. And he said, you remember the old days, like new faces, opportunity knocks. There's nothing like it in the world now. He said, just an old-fashioned, any talent goes show. And he said, I'd love you to be a judge on it. And that was the catalyst for what became America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, and is now airing in 40-odd countries. So from Ameri- Britain's Got Talent to America's Got Talent to the, another renaissance to, to the nighttime news show. Well, actually, the most pivotal moment, probably, in terms of consequence, was when I took part... I was on America's Got Talent. It was a big show in America, still is. And I entered a show also on NBC called 
Celebrity Apprentice. It was the first time that they'd taken The Apprentice show and made it a celebrity one. I did that first series, and I won it. And I got to know a guy called Donald Trump, who was the host, and we became pretty good friends. And then I went to CNN and replaced Larry King, and I interviewed Trump a lot at CNN. And then this guy who used to ring me like every three, four weeks for a laugh and a chat and a gossip and was very loyal. If you're in his firmament and you're loyal to him, he's incredibly loyal back. Um, He suddenly decides he's going to run for president. I remember writing a column the day he said he was running. Everyone was ridiculing him. Everyone was saying he's going to be dead in the water in three weeks. This is a ridiculous vanity project. I wrote a column which stood the test of time saying, I think I would not underestimate Donald Trump's star power, especially in middle America, or his straight-talking style, which will resonate with people. He's not a conventional politician, and he has a habit of having the last laugh. That's exactly what happened. And then, of course, he becomes the most divisive, polarising president probably we've ever seen. And I have that interesting sort of straddle as a journalist of how do you cover a guy who's now doing good things and crazy things? And I always just try to be fair with him. It's funny, isn't it? Because you are a journalist, but you are a sort of new breed, and I mean that in a, the, the the framing of our lives, not like mm. you know uh, the instance in, in, instance uh, Twitter sphere and things like that. Uh, but you are an op-ed journalist because you have an opinion and you yeah, you're a journalist totally, as well. Yeah. And that, that's that's not a new thing today, but it was a new thing back I, in I the day. I say to people, I think I'm in the opinion business. Right. You know, everything I do is driven really by my opinions. Right. And I think that that comes from being a journalist. It comes from having to be as a tabloid editor for many years. You know, you've got to work out what you feel strongly about each day and express it in a lively and vivid way on the front pages, uh, particularly like the front pages this morning. Actually, there's a massive picture of my head. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's an ad. Yeah, it is. It's a wraparound. It is, but then you open the wraparound and there's my own story. It's the real yeah. splash. It's like a, it's a perfect double whammy. Well, good luck uh, with today. Um, so uh, you. is it job done for this evening? Uh, is it all I'm in the can? Go, I'm actually going to go and uh, tape it a couple of hours before. We've got all the content, obviously. Right. Uh, but I'm also going to... There'll be a mission statement about what the show about okay. at the top of the show and I, th- I think it will resonate with people whether you like me or don't like me is irrelevant it's whether you believe that we should be entitled to opinions and whether you're sick of this joyless cancel culture nonsense if you are I'm going to be the show for you. Yeah, and if you really want to know what the show's about, show, uh, tune into episode two, because that's what the show's always about. Episode two is the other half of the Trump interview. Okay, episode three then. <laughs> or four. Episode three and four, yeah. and then next week that, that's when and the week Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. You, you know that. You can create a big splash around the launch, and that's fine. No, which you should, by the way. Which, which is great for awareness, but actually, the real meat and drink of this show will be when we bed down. Well, good luck uh, to you and everybody involved, Thank and everybody you, at man. Talk TV. What's the vibe like? Sorry, I know you've got to go, but I'm really it's, interested. It's a media story what's the vibe like at talk tv generally brilliant yeah. i mean i think how many every- people work there what are the studios like blah 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 yeah, in, 30, in 30 seconds sorry well, I know a lot of them to- are in this building as you know yeah. um, because they're doing existing uh, talk shows so i think that there's already existing shows which will be on the network right we've got three big primetime shows launching tonight brand new tom newton dunn is a brilliant political journalist he's launching a far too handsome for far us. too handsome oh, he's good. launching a news desk show yeah. at seven i'm on at eight and then you get sharon osborne on the anchor leg in primetime uh, with a show called The Talk, because we have officially uncancelled Sharon Osborne, which I'm thrilled about. All right, you got to go. I have. Goodbye. But I could always stay along. You know that. <laughs> I love talking to you. It's Peace. a great show. Good uh, to see you. We're in the same building now. So, we are. We're uh, colleagues. Don't be a stranger. Does that mean we can go to the pub and get drunk? Yes. <laughs> one, one that neither of us own. <laughs> right. Uh, Sky Channel two, uh, 526 this evening. Virgin Media Channel 627. Freeview Channel 237. Freesat Channel 217 from 7pm tonight. Talk TV from 8pm tonight. Piers Morgan uncensored. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. There's only one thing our next guest hates more than not landing a joke, and that's wasting food. He's partnered with Kettle One Vodka to mark Stop Food Waste Day, and he's here to get our cocktails wagging with some delicious recipes. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't waste it. Drink it with the wonderful Jack Whitehall. Thank you very much, David. Good morning, Jack. Hello, good morning. Hey, Chris. How are you, naughty Jack? I'm very good, naughty Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time we talked to you was about a film you were in, which did very well, even though the dog was the wrong colour. The dog was the wrong colour, I remember. I remember your ire at the, uh, the um, yes, the miscolouring of the dog. It wasn't ire, it was just, I, I don't know what it was. It was. I wasn't angry about it at all. I was just um, mystified by Peeved. it. Peeved. No, I wasn't even peeved. I was Not a, even peeved? I was amused. 
In fact, mystified and amused. Morovely, yeah, that is what it might be. Yes, honestly. Uh, so, Jack, you partnered with Dutch vodka brand Kettle One to mark Stop Food Waste Day. Now, you're very much into this. This is a very authentic thing uh, for you. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so, I mean, we throw away so much food in the UK. Um, like 40% of the food that we get it ends up in waste disposal, and like 70% of that is coming from homes. So I teamed up with uh, Kettle One Vodka to do this fun kind of cocktail series where we take items from your fridge um, uh, that you would normally possibly be throwing away at the end of the week and trying to turn them into delicious cocktails. And I've done an <laughs> online uh, Instagram series of how to um, make these cocktails. But of course, you would have to be on Instagram in order to see these incredible uh, concoctions. So that is the only caveat. See, I think I, I am convinced now, and it's not taking long. It rarely does. Um, it's taking less than 24 hours. I'm convinced that I'm missing out because I'm not on Instagram. And But I'm, I know it's a double-edged sword. It can be. But then it's up to us to, to keep control of what's going on there. How long have you been on Insta for? I was I, I mean, I don't even know how long I was, but I was quite a late adopter. I was like, I don't need Instagram, I don't need Instagram. And then I eventually got it. Um, I was... I, I was like really committed to MySpace for a long time, even after everyone was like, no one's on MySpace anymore. I was like, that's kind of why I like it. I don't have to communicate with anyone. I can just put the photos up. There's very little pressure. But eventually I realized that I was going to have to make the switch and, and, and now I am an Instagrammer. See, and no. even, and I, got, I can't believe I'm going to tell you that. I'm actually a TikToker, which I don't think is acceptable at my age. Whole different level, whole different level. Right. Um, shark invested waters out there. Because you've got to be funny on TikTok, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just repackage a load of old jokes and um, uh, do lovely videos of me shaking cocktails. And do you feel do you feel the need to uh, post, or do you just feel naturally? Oh, this would be make a good post, or actually, it's part of my gig and part of my sort of a performative um, um, quiver that 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 I should do this. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I feel a little bit of pressure to post, but also I think as a comedian that's got like 10 years of back catalogue, there's a lot of like old material that I can sort of repurpose and, and stick on there. So that makes it quite easy. See, no, you have, you've had a long and illustrious career, so I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, um, historic content that could be polished up and shared on the uh, World Wide Web. See, but I would go more now. I would go for now things, you know, like, you know. No, I live in the past, Chris. <laughs> it's safer there. I can't remember it. Um, so, but I see, I would like to follow you because I bet it'd be fun to follow you. You know, um, can yeah. you can one overpost? Can one overpost? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And one can also like smug post, like you know, I like to show the life warts and all. You know, make right. sure it's not always uh, you know the sunny side of it. I right. want to see some darkness as well. Right. So Those mornings when it's not going great, yes. you're getting um, mystified by a big red dog. Like we want to know about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you couch the whole dog being the wrong color thing via instagram um <laughs> i mean there probably were yeah there probably were a few people on instagram that were uh i mean you could also delete comments you know yeah. if you're getting trolled by people because the the dog is the wrong color in the movie you're in you can like <laughs> delete those people you can block them there's uh, a lot of blocking now, what we've done, what we we've all sort of had a go at what you're doing with things from the fridge in the past, um, yeah. but more from a like you know, I often try to liquidise curries the day after, um, you know, because you, you, everybody keeps if you overorder a takeaway, there's guilt there, of course there is, and then you put it in the fridge and you never really use it the next day. So for for a good few years, I was liquidising curries and trying to come what, up with some a, kind of cold curry cocktail the day after. Oh my god, yeah, I think that would be yeah. Um, I mean, I, have, I haven't yet tried that one, but now you, I mean, it feels like you've laid down the gauntlet. Yeah, and some, be the some people have tried to liquidise meat, haven't they? So to drink their meat as opposed to eat their meat and things like that. H how well has it gone with you and leftovers and cocktails? I mean, the one I've posted today is a Bloody Mary, which feels like quite an easy option. Um, but there were some other experiments to get there, you know, a few mishaps with an aubergine margarita. But I... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm an experimental guy and I wanted to, you know, uh, share with my uh, followers the, you know, the, the best possible cocktail and there needed to be a degree of experimentation to arrive at that point. But I've never liquidized a curry. I, I said I've never liquidized a curry. I have liquidized a curry, but not in cocktail form. Yeah, um, no, exactly. Well, we all do anyway, because the whole point is it sounds it sounds gruesome, but that's what happens when we eat it, isn't it? I mean, that, that's exactly. what we add. We we eat it. We 
add heat by eating it, uh, and we self-liquidise, and then you know we dissolve it with our acids and things like you know you know about you works. Um, have you had explosive liquidisation as well? If you get the wrong current, of course, of course, um, projectile liquidisation, mm. things like that, um, neighbourhood liquidisation, if you like, <laughs> um, liquidisation showers of. Um, Leftovers. Have you had a left? Could be good Instagram content, Chris. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking. Th- as you can see, it's work in progress. You can hit him. You can hit him. Hear my thoughts. Have you had any party? Any any uh, leftover cocktail parties at your house thus far? Uh, no, I haven't. But if I were to, then obviously you would be the um, the first to be informed of said event. Thank and you. if you're on Instagram as well, I could slide <laughs> into your DMs, as the young people say, and uh, alert you to the festivities. That's interesting. That's interesting on so many levels, Jack, as you can imagine. Um, so how does all this genuinely help? How does all of this genuinely help? Well, I think it's just um, about like breaking habits and making people, uh, you know, think more consciously about the food that they're purchasing and putting into their fridges. And um, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, obviously a fun take on it, but it is at the end of the day, like a good initiative to try and like lower the amount of food that we're wasting. Um, every day. Jack Whitehall uh, <laughs> live on the radio. Stopfoodwasteday.com is where you need to go for more. Head to at Kettle One, that's K-E-T-E-L-O-N-E on Instagram for delicious recipes from your fridge to your cocktail maker. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He changed music style and culture forever and he's not stopping anytime soon. Culture Club are playing some very special outdoor shows this summer and you could be there to watch the magic. Please welcome a gorgeous sprinkling of glamour we all need at this time of the morning. It's boy George! Hey George! Hello. I like that introduction, that was nice. And you are looking very glamorous, congratulations. I know, well that's in sort of like recently because I realised I need to up my game. Why, why? I don't know, you always need to up your game all the time, don't you? You know what I mean? You come into your show, don't you sometimes just want to come in and send everyone crazy <laughs> and i feel like you know my job is being me okay so yeah. so for people who can't see we'll put it all on twitter or wherever uh, so we'll put a few images for you up there if that's okay uh, what are you wearing who are you wearing i'm not wearing anyone famous really um, apart from the shoes alexander mcqueen but my stuff i, I make or i get it made or right. i function it from a junk i don't buy I get designer clothes sometimes for nothing, which right. is lovely. So funky I never say no to a free outfit. <laughs> but generally, I make things because I don't want to turn up somewhere and have the same clothes as So what, 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 how would you else. describe your coach then? Well, this is actually a little bit of a knock-up of a um, uh, Marjela coat. But it's, you know, I've got favourite designers like Westwood and Marjela, um, John Galliano, yeah. you know, McQueen. But I want to sometimes go, oh, that looks a bit like and that. And it's cash like, chic, if you know what I mean. That. Yeah, it's high fashion. Is that what it is? <laughs> Wouldn't know. It high fashion without labels. No it's idea. not like. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Why well, haven't even stepped into this pool of conversation? <laughs> I'm not wearing like people's names on me. You know, I don't wear. You know, like a lot of people wear high fashion. It's that like expensive. Look how much money I've got. This yeah, cost me yeah, so yeah. much. That's not what I'm about. Yeah. No. Tell us about your hat because that's quite special, isn't the it? The hat is actually a customised hat. My brother customised this particular hat. It's got a spider's web on, you know, a little tribute to Ziggy Stardust and the spiders. Big spider. Right, so we're talking about these shows. Boy George and Culture Club <coughs> live. Kenwood House on Saturday the 17th of June. These are dates for your diary. Here we go. Kenwood House on Saturday the 17th of June. The South of England Showground on Saturday the 16th of July. Englefield House, which is a beautiful venue. Englefield House in Berkshire. On Saturday, the 23rd of July, tickets at culture-club.co.uk. Who owns Culture Club without the hyphen? Because you need to get on their case. Oh, man. I know. What Who owns Culture Club anyway? <laughs> I think John Moss. <laughs> um, no, you went there. You went, I wasn't going to ask you about that. Right, come on. You can ask me what you want to ask me. I don't know. I don't know. What's going on? What's, what's, what's the, well, currently, what's the latest SP well, currently, with you and John? We're, we're, we're one man down. John's not in the band, but that doesn't mean at some point he may okay. reappear. Which you would like to happen. Well, I don't know if I'd like to. I just, you know, I'm open to it being... Uh, at the moment the he's doing us, so I wouldn't like him to right now. But, you know, I'd like to be... <clears throat> at some point he's going to realise he's making the biggest mistake of his life because his band's terrible. He should come back to us. We're amazing. She's <laughs> <laughs> oh. got a band called Ridiculous. Come on. <clears throat> you can have the battle of the bands, but the two culture clubs. The answer is simple. He either lets me write all the songs to Ridiculous, because obviously they'll be better, or he comes back to us. She so could have a culture clash or the culture club clash. And the I cl- want to start my own band. That I think I'll just basically start a band called Belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Belligerent George. <laughs> Belligerent George and the it. spiders from Elton. Now, listen, you played Carfest a couple of years ago for us. You were amazing. Um, uh, what is it like now uh, for you getting on stage? You know, what are we now? We're 80, nearly 40 years on. I think it's, uh, you know, a new experience for me because I don't approach it with fear like I used to. Was you know, it I, always fear or was it fear in the middle? And Fear of not being perfect, fear of... Even at it, the beginning? It, all the way through, I really? think. And then suddenly you go, actually, you just need to work harder on this actual thing. Yeah. So rehearse. Yeah. Learn your parts. You know, don't so wing true. it. So don't true. take a piece of paper on stage. That's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. You know, learn things and arrive with passion. And, you know, I know we're good live. I just can't wait to play. You know, it's we're, that's where we're the best. It's the fear of the icing, isn't it? It's so weird because you've done literally all the hard work, but it's the last 5% that really makes I it I think people shine. also, you have to understand, people are there to support you. They're not there to, you know, have a bad time. So they're yeah. not there. Like, especially at your thing. It's such a big kind of love fest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so people are eating and they're out. And if the weather's good, that's an added bonus. But... People are out to have a good time, and all you're doing is making them feel better. Can I say thank you about, for, for your Ukraine donations? Absolutely. I was so excited because I've 12. never done that before. I'm like, how much is that a song for? You know, well done. Not bad. It's £12,000. <clears> so thanks so much. So, in between now and the live dates, what might happen in your diary? More rugby? I have an art show in Denmark on Thursday. Wow. Um, I do a lot of stuff in Europe at the moment. That seems to be where my kind of art career is kind of going. Right. I'm very excited about the show. And uh, I hope I sell loads because it's like applause being instead of painting. <laughs> who, do, who do you like actually? Who do you like as an artist? Everyone really. I mean, Banksy obviously is my favourite because of the humour, but Basquiat, Warhol, amazing, Picasso. Do you all have of any, them. any special art at home? Yeah, I mean, I've, my art's all over. My own art is all over the wall. I've got, uh, I've got one. I can't say what I've got. <laughs> I have nothing worth any value in my house. I have nothing worth nicking this Thursday when some, I won't be home. Some Clarence Flynn parts that might be worth a few bob. <coughs> George, great to see you, man. Is there anything you'd like to get out there before? I've got a Rottweiler. Just... Okay, he's got a Rottweiler. That Rottweiler is available to look at. Rottweiler.com. Don't mess with Diablo.com. You idiot burglar people. Um, anything else you'd like to say before you go? No, before we go together? Uh, it's been lovely to see you. Always a pleasure. And... Um... The only one thing, oh, we got oh, we got some new music coming up, which is very exciting. All right. Kind of inspired by John. Well, can you, I mean, you're always welcome to come and play here every Friday. It's Not every the, Friday. It's called The Next Thing Will Be Amazing. And it's actually inspired by this terrible mediation we have with John Moss and lawyers. Didn't go well. Right. <laughs> so I thought things can really get better. Okay, but is, is the door open for John or are you just available to hear the knocking? I feel like he has to make that decision. Since he's the one suing me. Right. So once he stops the loss. Does he worry you that? Does he keep you awake at night? No. Right. No, it really doesn't. I'm not bent out of shape about it at all. I'm kind of, I don't hate John. It would be so much hard work for me. I always say about things like this we know how this ends, this thing called life. We know how it ends. <laughs> Nobody yeah, exactly. wins ultimately. You know, it's, yeah, I'm cool with it. I think it'll be what it's going to be. And, you know, I'll always be happy. All right, mate. It's great to see you. <laughs> Love it. Can we put a picture of that hat on Twitter? You can. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Whether it's a podcast, a quiz show, a stand-up tour, a film, or on your telly, our next guest will always produce the goods. Series four of Rob and Ramesh yes! versus is alive and kicking on Sky Max. Don't tell us we got Rob. I don't want Rob. So here to tell us more. Please tell us it's not Rob. Is the right? Is the <laughs> who is it? Who is it? It's the one, which one is it? It's one half of television. They've not been revealed yet. There's a curtain. They're about to step through it. Oh, it's Ramesh Rangadhar. Yes, it's Ramesh. <laughs> We got the good one. Yes, congratulations, guys. <laughs> Look what you could some, have won. some other shows got Rob, you've got me. How you doing, mate? I'm really good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Welcome back Thank uh, you for to the me. show. Welcome back to this amazing TV show, um, uh, Rob and Ramesh Versus. Uh, what are you getting up to um, straight off the bat? Come on. Well, we're doing. Uh, well, we did, we did the strongman. Uh, episode last that came out last night yep. uh, and we're doing uh, Robin Romesh versus the West End yeah and we're doing a, a two-part of Robin Romesh versus restaurants where we basically we set up a pop-up that's that's essentially the aim of the show <laughs> right um, and then um, let, let's let's dive into uh, the strongman first of all so yeah. what does Rob and Romesh versus the strongman mean well the world's strongest man contest is yeah. something that Rob and I've kind of been into yeah because uh, why wouldn't you yeah, exactly. It's amazing. It's, it's so good, show. right? So we just thought we wanted to sort of get an insight into 
what that world was about, what the training, you know, obviously you've got an idea of what training's required, but we just sort of thought, let's see, you know, when you watch it and you go, how strong are these guys? Yeah. You know, because you keep getting told, they give you the stats and you think, I want to know what exactly it is like to try and lift some of these things up. And so we did it. Turns out it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's going to be the thirty-second yeah. episode. Who would, who would have thought the world's strongest man actually <laughs> yeah. does feature yeah. the world's strongest yeah. man? Because because you one could be forgiven for 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 mistaking their their bulk and their build and their physicality, their profile, if you like, mm. for not being as strong. Big, yes, sure. but not necessarily strong. However, we couldn't be more wrong. No, they 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 are incredible. It's not. Do you know what? Physically, incredibly strong. Uh, but also, the, the two things that surprised me about it uh, were, one, technique has so much more to do with it. than I mean, I knew that technique was involved, but you can add so much just by the way that you do things over and above how strong you are. Correct. Uh, and the other thing is sort of mental determination. That is, you know, th that is something that neither Rob or I have really well, you, know, you, you have to be wired differently but you do in certain aspects of your life it's, it's possibly but I think for that for that you have to be you know that single minded focus of like being willing to put your body through anything yes to, 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 to get that goal I can't even really, I can't no, imagine. No, but you can stand on a stage with a microphone in front of tens of thousands of people and that that would give people um, jingles, most people. Sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's about your lane, isn't it? I suppose that... I guess so, yeah, because, you know, t to me, I sort of... When you talk about stand-up, I think, well, that, I find that exciting. I love doing it. So that doesn't feel like a... I want to get better at but it. But there's a technique? Sure, sure. So, but, but, yeah, but I can't... Those guys are like... <laughs> The vibe. We went to Magnus Ver Magnusson's gym in Iceland, yeah. and just the the general atmosphere in there. Those guys, do, they do the, they have like these sniffing salts just before they lift to get them just like really. So they just do it and they just go <laughs> and like scream and like shout and beat their chest and then lift this. Thing. It's crazy. And do you think there's any link to to you know the the country, the land of Iceland, and being strong and having that sort of inner steel? I think so. I think so. You know, you think about the the number of strong men that come from Iceland is disproportionate to the population, yeah. isn't it? And so I think just that lifestyle that culture it, they're so outdoorsy they are so outdoorsy and so I just think it it, it lends itself to, to creating lots of the strongest men I love world. Iceland I've only been once but I did love it so, mm. I mean did you get to see see much of the country itself yeah yeah we did we did a lot of driving around there I, I just think it's, it's that circular road isn't it that goes around the whole the whole country yeah and, like, and even even like even the the town going into the city yeah. is it's just uh I, 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 get, I get sort of nervous when I use the word vibe, but the vibe in Iceland, I just like it. It's just relaxed. Why, it's why just do you get chill. nervous about it? Because I agree with you entirely. Well, I just don't like saying the word vibe. I just feel like, you know, people sort of think, why is it, you know... No, but you are right. But it I, is the vibe. But I think every country has that. When you step off a or step out of a plane, mm. you, you, I really think that is a thing, and you get that country's vibration I, and I, frequency. I, I, I totally know. You know, like, sometimes where you like going somewhere... Yeah. And you can't. And somebody goes, "Why do you like going somewhere yep. that much?" And there's nothing tangible that you can give in your answer. It's just, I like being in that place, you know. And I think Iceland's like that. I agree entirely. I love Iceland so much, you know. And I, I sort of, I sort of suited it. People thought I was Icelandic. Yeah, you got that. You've got that about you. Yeah, and I had a bit of a bit of stubble going on at the time, yeah. and you know, I'd walk into shops, and I think the the the, the staff often greeted me in Icelandic, which mm. I sort of liked, and I didn't want to disappoint them, so I just nodded. You yeah, know, yeah. like you know, I am. I'm just not. I'm just not. Very, don't feel very talkative today. You know that kind of thing. And my wife said they think you're Icelandic. I said, oh, how cool is this? Yeah. How cool is this? It's even cooler than being outside, which is really cool because it's really freezing. Um, so that was fun. Um, it was on last night, but of course, lots of people watch your show over the weekend. Sure. Oh, my kids love your show. Oh, how, how sweary you. is this? This one? Quite. I would say. I don't. I don't want to. I no, don't. Wanna... Noah, who's 13, has learned most of his <laughs> swear words from your programs, not just this one, by the way. I know. I'm really. I know it's not big or clever, but I just can't. Um, I can't. Well, especially help when you're being. You know, when you're being. When you you're being tested as you are, and yeah. you're and you're. Uh, because we talked about boxing chess this week. You've got. Right. To, you've got to do that. 
Really? It's a new sport, boxing chess, because it's to do with cognition and physicality. Okay. So it's it's how much does physical exertion take away from your cognit- cognitive ability? Mm. So they box, and then when the bell rings for a break, they play chess. Wow. I know. And the, che- the chess is their rest. And it's right. the same opponents against each other. Yeah. And, you know, one might win the boxing match but lose the chess match. Mm. However, usually the person who wins the chess match, match also wins the boxing match because boxing can be very... Uh, Cognitive and strategic. Well, it should right, be right, anyway. Right. Okay, that's interesting. I think you should try that. Yeah, <laughs> boxing chess. I find either of those things daunting. Putting them together, I don't know. Yeah, be... uh, Ramesh, you are wonderful. Rob and Ramesh versus series four, episode two, continues Thursday nine pm on Skymax. But you can catch up on last night's show, uh, which was the opening episode of this season. Rob and Ramesh versus Strongman. They head to uh, they head to Iceland to train with former Strongman champion Magnus Ver Magnusson. What a great name. It's a great name and a great guy. So good they named him twice Absolutely. almost, didn't they? Uh, and make the most of this before um, before Ramesh signs his big uh, big TV deal with um, Yeah, I guess this is my opportunity to say goodbye to everyone yeah, in the UK. Yeah, goodbye to the UK. <laughs> uh, nice thanks a lot. You. By the way, don't tell Mrs Ranganathan because she's not going to know about it. He's going to yeah. leave the sh- house on thir- Sunday afternoons. I think so, yeah. Back yeah. Thursday, Thursday afternoons. Yeah. She'll be none the wiser, but she'll be so much richer. Oh, she'll have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Thanks, Ramesh. Thank you. You are absolutely awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from a bunch of beautiful guests already, but still to come on this, the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky on Virgin Radio. The fun runner, Bryony Gordon, gently jogs us through her 10Ks in 10 Days in 10 Ways challenge, all in aid of mental health mates. Acting powerhouse John Sim dives into the second series of his feature-length smash hit ITV crime drama, Grace. The King of Country, Keith Urban, gives us all the latest on his new single, Night Fours, and his huge whistle-stop UK tour and the mesmer. Laura Carmichael brings her class and style to the studio with news of the latest Downton Adventures in the brand new Downton movie, A New Era. So let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next? Whether it's small screen or big, our next guest always delivers the goods or receives the goods on a silver platter in this case. The new movie, Downton Abbey, A New Era, is in cinemas nationwide from this Friday. So join us as we say hi, society, to the wonderful Laura Carmichael. Hello, Laura. Hi. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well done. Yeah, thanks. Oh, my goodness me. So it's the second Downton movie. The first Mm -hmm. one was called Downton Abbey. This one is called uh, Downton Abbey, A New Era for various Mm -hmm. reasons, some of which we can discuss on the radio, some of which we must not discuss yes. mm-hmm. on the radio. First of all, tell us about the premiere. You're on the front page of every paper today. You, uh, that is. Some of the other cast, but mostly you in that mad, amazing it? dress. It's just about the dress. It's always about the dress. No. But yeah, it was so fun. We had such a nice time. Um, but yeah, we're all feeling it this morning. <laughs> tell us how one prepares for an event like last night. Well, you just, I feel very lucky. You have like an amazing team. I have an amazing stylist and hair and makeup and they come and make you feel amazing. And yeah, it feels like it's a big build up. It feels like a real treat to get glammed up like that. And um, yeah, we had a, a really, really nice time. See, Aussie cool. Jane is planning for her wedding. Yes. You've met Aussie Jane now. Yes. And Bobby, her husband to be, works mm-hmm. here. And they're talking about not having, he was talking about not having a first dance. That's not going to happen. They have to have a first dance. Of course dance. they do. Of course they do. Um, but planning for a premiere from a, from a, uh, an elegant point, of, an elegance point of view, yeah. was, is probably not dissimilar to deciding what to wear right. away. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think, I feel very lucky that there's a team of people that have, um, an excellent input into what I'm going to wear. Um, so, so yeah, that's great. But yeah, a kind of big build-up, you know, face mask before you go, and um, yeah, great hair and makeup that make you feel really glam. And Tell us about the dress because everybody's talking about the dress. Yes, it's. I'm going to have to try and say it right. It's Gian Battista Valli. Um, it's couture, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fabric. It was. Um, yeah, I was. I was nervous of it all, but. The wind blew in the right direction and it worked. <laughs> did you sit down in it? I did, but do you know what? We snuck out early to go and change, Michelle and I, because we both had pretty impractical dresses to watch right. the movie. <laughs> so, But we wanted to watch it, so we just like quickly went and changed into something that you could sit down in and, um, and yeah, then snuck back into the cinema. But we were sat in the seats, you know, right at the front where you're really, really looking up. So we felt like we were looking at people's noses. Um, but, yeah, we just wanted to see the end because it, it's a really special movie. We were sobbing in the front row. But so what I like, what I like, I like it when movies are about movies. Um, yeah. And in this one, 
Downton state Downton uh, st- doesn't stage a movie, but it um, houses a movie. That's right. Yeah, so it becomes a location for for a film, which is so. That's that you know, it's so funny. It's so like this world. I feel like Lord and Lady Carnarvon, who you know own Highclere Castle, will relate to this movie in lots of ways. Because it does show what happens when a film crew come and take over your home. Um, but yeah, it, it just it brings so much humour to the movie because. Everyone is so excited to have these film stars in the house and that kind of status that we're so used to in Downton kind of completely disappears because everyone is starstruck by these, you know, Hollywood so who, superstars. So who are the Hollywood film stars that pitch up? So we've up? got Laura Haddock and Dominic West. Right. And uh, and they're both brilliant. They, they're so and they, they'll the love that, won't they? Oh, Just God, it's messing so about. Fun. Exactly. And, and Maggie gets this sort of hilarious storyline with them because she's just sort of disgusted by the idea of of actors and it just seems so boring. <laughs> Which she's is a, so hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. And she's just completely bored by the whole thing and everyone is going, and then you do it again. You know, it's just all of these things that people say to you when you're making a film, which is, it feels very glamorous, but actually it's very boring because you just do the same thing over and over again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of one story arc. And then there's another kind of mystery that, that Violet's been left this villa in the south of France. Um, by a gentleman she used to know. So there's a bit of a, a mystery of why has that happened? And we, I'm one of the lucky ones, I got to go to the south of France and we go to sort of investigate um, the past and what happens. And yeah, Edith's got her journalist hat back on. So she thinks she can write an article about how people are holidaying in the south of France, which was like a new thing at this time. So yeah, it's really glamorous. And yeah, we went and during the kind of lockdown period, there was we were still kind of coping with travel restrictions, but we got there. And then where we where did you go? To the south of France. So we were staying in Nice, and then oh god, I can't remember the other name of the place, but it was it was just stunning. Like, yeah, we were near Cannes and in this incredible, incredible villa, and we had to quarantine there for ten days. But we we took over a hotel, so it really it wasn't. That wasn't bad. the worst quarantine ever. <laughs> it was kind of great. So we were all bubbled up and, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It looks so gorgeous and it, it just brings such a, a freshness to the movie, I think. Would, would, the, would the wise money go on a, a third movie? I don't know. I mean, it's all we're talking about in the interview, so I don't know. Um, we, I mean, we really love making it. I think it's got to be, yes, isn't it? I mean, we'll see. You want to make yeah. it, it's going to be a, a yeah. huge hit again. Yeah. People are going to love it for so many reasons that we can't so. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I think we've done pretty well being yeah, circuitous very well. in our conversation. Yeah. Um, anything you'd like to say before we finish? Um, oh, yeah, I just hope people love it. I hope people come to the cinema and watch it on the big screen because, yeah, it does look really, really good. Right, and what are you going to get up to this summer, Laura Carmichael? Oh, do you know, I have no idea. I've got loads of weddings, don't you? Just yeah. after... Catch-up time, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's catch-up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, seeing loads of mates and, um, yeah, doing a bit of travel, maybe. All right, any festivals? Oh, I hope so. I really hope which so. One, which one have you got I in, mean, in your sights? I mean, I'd love to go to Glastonbury. I love that. Um, but, yeah, I, that, w- that would be a dream. I'm still working on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. If anybody from Worthy Farm is listening, we have a very worthy contender (laughs) for a comp ticket or two here. Laura, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Okay, it's awesome to see you again. Uh, Well done, congratulations. You look amazing on front page of the papers. You've done a great job with you and your team. Uh, Dance and Abbey, a new era in cinemas nationwide this Friday. And from what we're hearing from Mira and Ozzy Jane, it is a fantastic watch. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. She's famous for putting pen to paper, but right now is putting foot to floor. She's slap bang in the middle of her 10Ks in 10 days challenge, all in aid of mental health mates. So here to explain how you can jog away the mental fog, there is no funner runner than Bryony Gordon. It's all true. What he said is all true. Hi, Bryony. Hello. Welcome, welcome. 10K uh, already done. Well begun is half done. You're almost completely done today. Uh, I'm d- well, I've, I ran here, yeah, so I'm doing ten, a 10K every day for 10 days. Yeah, but today's 10K is done. That, oh, yeah, totally done. I'm not going to do it. After this, I'm going to get in a taxi, go home, <laughs> and refuse to do anything for the rest of the Can day. Can I suggest that, because you ran here from your home in Battersea, which is almost exactly 10K door-to-door. Yeah. Can I suggest you don't get in a taxi and, and, and walk back? Because it's such a beautiful day today. Well, but I, okay, so the point is I'm not, the whole point of me doing this yes, yes, is yes. that I am not naturally an athletic person. Yeah, you I, have run a million marathons. 
marathons. I have. I love running. I love exercise. But the whole point is that me, I'm doing the 10, 10, 10Ks in 10 different ways to show people that exercise is for everyone. Right. So for me, exercise was, I was always terrified of it. You know, we have this British thing, don't we, at school. It's like, if you're not really good at it, yeah. you shouldn't do it, which yeah. is just rubbish. And it was only when I started, and also as a woman, I always used to think it was about making myself smaller yeah. and, you know, getting a, you know, a smaller waist size. And the moment I started exercising for the gains and not the losses, for like the mental clarity, was the moment that it transformed for me. So I kind of wanted, I set up this thing called Mental Health Mates, which is six years ago, which is peer support where you can come together, get outside, go for a walk, connect with people, like-minded people. And I wanted to do something to sort of raise money for that, but also, you know, show people that you don't have to you know, we don't have to run for a time or, do you know what I mean, to be the fittest, strongest, fastest. You can just do it to be kind of the happiest and most yeah, content. feel great. Get high on your own supply. Yeah. And it all culminates next Monday with the Vitality 10K. Um, and there's a special wave, which I founded a couple of years ago called Celebrate You. And it's about running for your head and your heart. So there'll be like a thousand women and hopefully men as well. Uh, and we're all just going to have a lovely time. And this is Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah. And it's going to be nice weather. It, hopefully. Where's that going to happen? Huh? Where's it going to happen? Oh, it happens in, uh, it starts, I think it will end at Buckingham Palace. That's nice, isn't it? It is nice, yeah. yeah. Mentalhealthmates.co.uk. Mentalhealthmates.co.uk. If you want to get involved or find out more about what we're talking about anyhow um, today. But no, it's a beautiful day. Um, they say it's going to cloud up by lunchtime. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not a meteorologist last time I looked, but where's the, how does that work? There's no wind, so mm. the clouds can't blow in from anywhere. It's a very <clears throat> windless day. There's no moisture on the ground, yeah, for the sun to, to, to evaporate. So where's the cloud going to come from? There's a tiny little wisp that wasn't there. Half an hour ago. I know, I know, and that, that's minding me to ask the question, where's that wisp come from? Yeah. Did you bring it with you? Is it from Battersea? It is actually quite windy, yeah. <laughs> is it windy Yeah, I'm so fast that I created wind <laughs> as, I, as I ran, yeah. Well, come on, let's, let's keep on about this, because um, there's something else really important I want to talk to you about, because um, you came in here with a certain glow, and you've now shared with us what, why that might be. But before we get on to that, um, tell, us, tell us just more about your 10Ks in 10 days. How far, are you six, seven in, or how, how I'm number, this is num I've just just done number four so I've done so I'm doing all different people on my first one was with a friend of mine called Emma Campbell who has secondary breast cancer she, running's really important How is to she her doing? really good yeah she's and running has become a, a really important thing to her recovery yeah um, a then, tool yeah and a then on Sunday tool. I guided an amazing guy called Dr Amit Patel um, who lost his sight suddenly 10 years ago uh, around Blackheath um, and you know for him being able to get outside has been of kind of quite a frightening thing but it is also really important how did you feel guiding somebody else uh well it became really I was, I was really anxious about it but he was like just relax give me your elbow and just just walk normally and we're, we're going to be fine right you've done similar haven't you mess yeah i have um i've done non-tethered guiding at the windsor half marathon once so i had to you know we were, we were trying to set a world record that day as well and we did but it was basically jules one of our bid winners for, for children in need was was blindfolded we were raising money for a charity and he was not allowed to touch me at any point on the way around so i had to just basically shout at him all the way just follow my voice follow my voice it's really hard but you know really rewarding and does the sense of responsibility to both of you this question does mm. it take away from the effort of, of running, I suppose it m might do, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose you're not thinking about yeah, it. Exactly. Also, we were just talking the whole... You know, I was just so fascinated And the running was just story. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a great moment when And that, that is what it's about. It's yes. about connection. Yeah. And then yesterday I went for... we. I did a speed walk with Fern Cotton around Richmond Park and we we just we just gossip. It was more about the ranting <laughs> than the, like the running. The whole way round, I managed to fall over a tree branch. Congratulations. Uh, was it a root or a branch? A root, right. yeah, a root yeah. in the ground, uh, and roll my ankle. So I was, yes, it was a bit touch and go, yeah, but yeah. I just carried on and it's all fine. And then today, running to you, and then tomorrow, I am going to run with David Weir, the Paralympian, Brilliant. who is wheelchair yeah. athlete. And he, then, he's the Superman. Yeah. 
I mean, like, also, he he was like, uh, can we, because he's training, he was like, can we go quite slow? And I was like, I have a feeling... <laughs> that you're slow. That, my, that your slow is my absolute fastest, yeah. you know? Uh, so we've got various people. Adele Roberts, who's a DJ who was diagnosed with bowel cancer last year. How is, how is she doing? She's good, doing good, yeah. I think, again, running has been really important to, to, you know, to keeping herself going. Yeah, for so many reasons. And I think that's the thing. Exercise is about so much more than how it makes you look, you know. Oh, God, yeah, you're so right. And also, if you feel great, you sort of don't care about how you look. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God, absolutely. It's different, isn't it? Because you, you, you feel like you look good on the inside. You can almost visualise it. But also, I don't know, like, as a woman, yeah, exercise was all about, oh, I'll make myself, you know, I'll lose weight. It was a punishing, yeah, you yeah. know. And I'm not, I'm like a size 18. I'm a, I'm a larger lady and it's... It was self-flagellation, wasn't it? Yeah, but, and I, I love it, you know, and I don't care. I don't care that I'm not the fastest person in the world. I don't care. The po- people often say to me, like, what was... I remember when I did my first marathon, they were like, what was your time? And I was like, well, what was your time? And they were like, oh, I haven't done a marathon. And I go, well, exactly then. I can't swear on radio. Bleep off. You know, it's it's this kind of fat, this obsession yeah, we I have. I, I get, I'm with you all the way. I think being a runner is a bit like owning a Land Rover. Because I don't know if you know this, but all Land Rover owners wave to each other when they pass each other in their cars. And I think if you're a runner, you just have this massive respect for other runners all the time. Yeah, and you don't... and Because I, I used to think people would, like, laugh at me. You know, um, look at that fatty. Do you know what I mean? But no, don't, it's just like... High because also we're all in our own heads when we're running, aren't yeah. we? We're just doing it for our own reasons. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you: the bigger the runner, the more respect I have for that yeah. person because it's so much harder for them than it is for me. And it insp- that inspires me, uh, Brian. Have a great rest of the week and good luck on Monday. What's happening on Monday? One more time. Uh, celebrate you, London Vitality 10K, where we can all run together and end up at the Palace in- and end up at Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah. Palace Dreams, uh, both inside and outside. Mentalhealthmates.co.uk for more. Brianie Gordon, Brianie, we love you. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. <laughs> Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. From life on Mars and 24-hour party people to solving some horrible murders in Brighton, he can do it all. Series 2 of The Brilliant Grace continues this Sunday at 8pm on ITV. So please welcome the man who makes Grace so ace. It's the simply wonderful John Sim! Morning, John! Good morning, everybody. For people who don't know, because there's no point in preaching to the choir, that's not why you're here. Uh, People who already love this show, uh, you know, are addicted to it. Who is Roy Grace? What does he get up to? Um, When did he do it last? And when will he do it next? Um, Well, last time he did it was last Sunday <laughs> he got up to um, being a detective he's, that is what he is um, he's a, a superintendent detective very good at his job um, uh, his wife went missing about six years ago so he's a bit haunted by that he's a brilliant detective but can't solve that particular crime um, and he is um, yeah he's just he's a he's got no drinking problem or anything like that he's, he's, a, he's a decent bloke um, and he's a very 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 good detective um, and on Sunday, um, we've got a new element that comes into the show uh, in the form of Zoe Tapper, who plays a character called Cleo, and uh, she takes a, a shine to him. So there's a little bit of sunlight. There's a frisson. Yes, there's a, there's a beam of sunlight that comes into his dark world. All right, so, yeah. so in many ways, the pilot, the pilot episode for this was the, the, the first story that was adapted from this amazing series of books. Yeah. And that was a couple of years ago. You filmed it a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, we filmed it a couple of years ago. It was on last year. Yeah. Um, so we filmed the first two, the one that was on last Sunday and the pilot we yeah. did together a couple of years ago in lockdown, actually, um, which is strange. Um, and the new lot, which the, the, which starts on um, Sunday, is which will be episode three. We filmed uh, re- fairly recently. So they're releasing all four together. So it's a four parter. So yeah. And the, the reason I mention this is because uh, one could be forgiven. It was never going to happen again because the first uh, episode, as they all are now, are feature length. Yeah, which is super yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. We, that's the brilliant thing about it because they're all feature-length um, standalone stories and they're novels. So we adapt each novel at a time. And even though you've got a through line going through uh, uh, with the characters and things, and a storyline going through that, there's a different case, and it's a it's a standalone book on its. So on it's its 17 books by this genius author. Yeah, yeah. And um, have you read them all? I haven't read them all. I think I've read. I think I'm about three from the end. I've got three left. All right. I have to stop reading them when I'm filming because I get confused. I don't know what's, what case I'm supposed <laughs> to be solving. Uh, and also, I would imagine you get very excited about potentially making them all. 
Oh yeah, that'd be great. I'd be well up for that. I mean, it's brilliant to do it because the, the more we do, um, the, the more the whole cast we all get into it, and you know, we're, we're we're sort of like finding our feet with these characters now. And the more we do, it's 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 just great. And and they're standalone, like I say, standalone stories. They're all tried and tested formulas and great plots. So yeah, hopefully they're all you know. If we if we do them justice, they'll be um, brilliant thriller every Sunday night. There's a couple of things I don't know um, uh, how people do what they do in our business. One is I don't understand how stand-up comedians get up there with a the microphone and um and you know in front of like 10 or 10,000 or 100,000 people and talk for an hour and a half and people love it as I do by the mm, way I yeah. don't I don't understand how they do where the magic I know there is m- loads of magic there yeah. um because there's so much I just don't get it right and I I'm always bemused by it and I'm also equally bemused by thriller writers mm. and how they keep coming up with things yes. puzzles <laughs> that, that literary puzzles um that we we couldn't even write the first paragraph of they all make sense well not all of them but the the best authors like your chap peter james um they're all brilliant they're all cliffhangers how how might he do it do you think oh i don't know you know i i, I agree with you I, how do they come up with all these different plots um but the thing is i think the the alchemy we've got with this one is they they are very successful novels so peter james obviously has a formula which works and we have the brilliant russell lewis who did endeavor and morse and he's the one that's adapting them what so, a pedigree so yeah what a fantastic pedigree. i mean come on yeah 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 so it's like elon musk sorting out your fuse box isn't it it's like it's like, it doesn't get any better, does it, really? No, no, it's perfect. Oh, my goodness me. Um, how, is there any of you in him, in Roy Grace? Um, I, I guess a little bit. He's, he's much more calm than me. He's a, a different character to one that I've played. He's, he seems awfully grown up. Um, um, so, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, of course there is. You bring a, an element of yourself to every character, don't you? Definitely. Um, yeah. So He's quite philosophical as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's, a, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's, he's not, you know, he's, there's, there's no sort of edge to him. And he's very, very calm. And that, that's, the, that's the thing that I have to keep playing. He doesn't get flustered. Very, very rarely gets flustered. So, if at some point I do get flustered, it'll, it'll register, uh, hopefully. So, we can look out for those. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. moments, <laughs> the fluster moments. Because they do say, don't they, for us to fall in love with a, a character, be it in a book or on the, the small screen or the silver screen, or, or in life or in music. You know, if they show their vulnerability, you know that that makes us feel better about ours. You know, and yeah. we're not on our own, and that's often um, what draws us to to people in life generally. Um, but also, you know, as far as characters are concerned. But his, so, would his vulnerability be then the, his missing wife? Would that be that? Do you think? I guess it, it would be. It sort of hangs over him, and and it hangs over any relationship. They know that we, either with Glenn, his partner, is is you know um, the detective and his team or um, this the new love interest that comes in it's, it's never going to be easy because it's, it's unsolved and so he doesn't know where she is if she's dead or been kidnapped he has no idea so yeah um, y- you do see a vulnerable side and you see you know you, know, you see his humanity he's, um, he's, um, he's been through it a little bit yeah, you've been through it a little bit because you, on, you're doing the rounds, aren't you? I'm doing the rounds. <laughs> Look at that! I'm doing the rounds. <laughs> Tell us about the rounds. <laughs> Tell people about the rounds. I mean, once again, we're not fighting fires, fighting wars or saving lives. No, we're However, not. However, the rounds are the rounds. <laughs> the rounds are the rounds. He's, he's trying to stretch out <laughs> a bit. I just had a banana, though. I feel better now. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, it's good. I want people to watch it. So we go around, tell everybody what it's about, and, you know, hopefully they'll watch it. And, and yeah, I'm proud of it. I think it's a good show. This is a great show. Yeah. Well, John, have a lovely Friday. Thanks, mate. You okay, too. Okay, uh, TV uh, Grace Series 2, Episode 2 is on Sunday nights. the big ITV Sunday night show, 8pm. Uh, you had Episode 1 of a brand new run last week. You can catch up with that again, as you can uh, with the pilot um, episode, which was filmed a couple of years ago and aired last year. Uh, catch up available now on ITV Hub and BritBox. And that's about it from us. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He's a hugely successful, globally adored musician and married to one of the all-time great Hollywood beauties. He must be miserable. His new <laughs> single, Night Falls, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please join us as we go over the top with the man from Down Under. It's Keith Urban! Keith, you're here. You're in the UK. We can't quite believe how lucky we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an introvert, so I'm glad that I'm here. Uh, when did you get here? How long are you staying for? What are you going to get up to? <laughs> um, we got here about five days ago and started rehearsals up in uh, in Doncaster, up in Donny. 
Uh, and then we're, uh, we're now here in Birmingham. See, now that, that vernacular of you saying Donny, it sounds like mm. either A, you've been here before, or B, you, you've picked up um, uh, the colloquialisms pretty quickly. Which is it? Uh, more B than A. More B than A. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've been to Doncaster before. I've been to Birmingham a few times, but not Doncaster. Okay, but you are somebody nowadays who immerses themselves in wherever they are, and you give it all the beans, don't you? You are fully present. Absolutely. Of course, like you. Just like you. <laughs> but it's been a steep learning curve, hasn't it, Keith? Uh, we were talking about you, and we've been talking about you all week because we've been looking forward to coming on the show, and about the fact that you first obviously hit the heights um, and experienced um, the, the double-edged sort of, sort of fame in um, Australia. Uh, for people who don't know, because it's not about preaching to the choir here, you know, we want to preach to the unconverted as far as you're concerned. Can you give us a bit of a potted history about yourself? Do you feel comfortable doing that? How long you got, mate? I mean, that's... Um... <laughs> um, oh, look, I started playing guitar uh, when I was six, and I quit school at 15. I started playing in bands at 15, and I, that's it. It's all I've ever done. I've played music. Uh, I had odd, odd little jobs here and there, but mostly I've been lucky enough to play music. Always wanted to travel the world and tour and play and write songs, and I managed, you know, it took a years and years and years of being in Nashville to finally sort of break through and then um, I don't know what else to say other than I've been doing it a long time and very grateful for it. Can we talk about the fact that you found fame and then fame found you but you've got to be careful to what fame can do? <laughs> Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book that I shouldn't read. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, it's been a wonderful journey it's been an amazing journey and it's been one of um, a redemption and resurrection and it's awesome and uh, you know you get you get all the power don't you when you do the work you get all all the extra juice that comes with that all the extra joy all the extra freedom all the extra creativity I think you know you get you get the contrasts you get the contrasts I think the uh, for me the early days in Nashville were really difficult. It took me years, literally years and years and years and years of constant rejection. Um, and yeah, it took its toll on me and I wound up in bad places. And um, it, But it's the contrast of it, Chris, you know? It's, it's what I had to go through to get to where I am today that makes it uh, what, it, what it is for me, much more so, you know? Yeah, and the only way around is through. We know that, and we're yeah. all exactly where we're meant Eventually. to be. Eventually. Eventually. I realise that, you know, I'd, years before, I sort of numb myself so I would go around something, over it or under it, but never through it. Yeah. It's, it's, and I think yeah. the point is that I finally did go through things. Yeah, and it's, 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 it feels like it, it will be harder, more confrontational and more frightening, but it's actually, you know, a lot easier than you think. And it's the only way in the end. But, of course, it takes a lifetime to live and learn how to live. I think everyone's got their own relationship to the struggles that, that each, each person listening has gone through. But, you know, I tell you, the one thing you need is great people around you yeah. and, and a purpose. And for me, you know, music has always been that purpose. It's always been that thing that keeps pulling me through and something I love, love, love to do. And, and anybody that comes to the show is going to see that so clearly. If there are three moments, identifiable moments, and I'm sorry to uh, force this on, on you because you might need time to think about it, but if there were three positive sort of golden touches of tipping points in your life, what might they have been, do you think? I, it, it, honestly, I, I find those things really hard to answer because they're not really, I don't single anything out. It's, all, it's you know, there is a, it, someone said the other day, it's about balancing all the parts of your life. And then someone said, well, they're not parts, they're just your life. Yeah. It's just your life, and it's balancing every bit of it, really. So for me, it's still just balancing everything. Tell us about Night Falls, the new single, out now. Yes, this is a song I wrote with uh, a guy called Greg Kirsten, who uh, some people will know, um, Mozella, who's a great songwriter. We wrote this last year, and I, I know that when we started writing the song, and they were like, what are you, what are you feeling, what are you thinking? And I, at the time, I just miss touring. I miss playing live. I miss being particularly those outside summer concerts, you know, festivals, things like that. Yeah. But this song was really all about going to that kind of vibe. I mean, it opens with the line, we've been through some hard times, but I ain't going to lie. I don't want to think about that, not with you right here tonight. That's, that's what this whole song's about. It's about life coming back again. 
Yeah, no, I get it completely. It's, uh, it's uh, everything's so important at the moment, isn't it? In a good way. I don't mean sort of self-important. Yeah. Uh, no, but in a good way. It's uh, you know the arts. Is, the arts have never been more important. You know, as people continue to take to the, to the stage or or do where, whatever it is they do in a sporting arena or, or wherever, however outside or inside with other human beings, there's this sort of overwhelming, um, ever-present gratitude that we never thought we'd feel because we didn't, in many ways, knew it ever existed. And that's the contrasts. We just have to have the contrast. And from what, you know, everybody's gone through the last two years, this, this summer is going to feel amazing. It already is. Do you have any um, uh, ex- extraordinarily tall female uh, Australian um, roadies with you at the moment? Crazy enough, I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a family affair on the road and off the road and at the ranch. I love it, Keith. Anything else you'd like to say to your fans before we bid you farewell? No, I'm just psyched to get up and start playing and I want to know what songs you guys want to hear and I'm just, I'm in, I'm in it with you. It's going to be a blast. All right, mate. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Don't be a stranger, Keith Urban. Any, I'll, I will always call you Chris. All right, pal. Always. Lots of love. Uh, KeithUrban.com is where you need to go for... What just can only be described as amazing nights out. And there are seven of them to behold in the UK in the next nine or ten days. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.